as you're having a seat. Um, our children are going to be dismissed back to children's church, so uh, children are welcome to go back to the back. Brother Paul's back there to receive our children. Uh, he and Miss Kim have the great honor and privilege of uh, teaching our kids this morning. And our God is good, is he not? Amen. Amen. Will you all join me in another word of prayer? Lord, we love you and we thank you for who you are. God, we pray and we thank you for this day. And Lord, we pray and we ask that you would just continue to be with us this morning as we have a time in which we get to consider the work that you are doing in this world and the way that you're working. Not only, uh, Lord... <coughs> Not just doing a work in this world, but how you're doing a work through your people in this world. God, might we be encouraged, strengthened, convicted even ourselves to continue doing that which you call us to do. To be disciples of your son Jesus and to make disciples of your son Jesus. Lord. God, I pray and I ask all these things in Christ's mighty resurrected name. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> in just a moment, I'm going to invite my wife, Miss Brittany, to come, and uh, she'll have more. Uh, she'll have some good uh, news to share with us. But uh, but as I think about Brittany, I think about and what she's going to be doing with Mission Eight Two Three. I think about this moment in the Gospel of Matthew. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number nine, uh, we have this this. This chapter where we see Jesus going from village to village and he's teaching and he's healing and he's, he's, uh, um, he's calling people to follow him. And verse number 35 kind of gives a summary of, of what happened. And it, and it tells you what's on Jesus' heart and mind as he's, as he's gone around about these villages and, and, and he's been doing this work. And it seems like if, if you read Matthew chapter number 9, it seems like he and his disciples have just they, they've had no break. It's one thing after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next. In Matthew chapter number 9, verse number 35 says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages. He was teaching in their synagogues. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He was healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But he was doing a lot. He was doing all that he and his disciples could do. But... When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they fainted or they were weary. They were scattered abroad. They looked like sheep that had no shepherd. Just a bunch of weary, disparate, lost people. Jesus said unto his disciples, look there. Y'all see all this? It's a full harvest, isn't it? Look, those people are like a, like a, like a ripe harvest. Get that image in your mind. They're ripe. They're ready. 
And there's a lot of them. It's an abundant harvest. He says, look, the harvest is abundant. It's plenteous is the, uh, the old English word that we find in the King James Version. Jesus is saying, there's, there's more than you and I, disciples, can handle ourselves. There's so many of them. And so Jesus says, look at that full harvest, but there's just a few of us laborers. So here's what we're going to do, disciples. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to begin praying a prayer. We're going to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Uh, this, what Jesus saw in his earthly life and ministry is something that I, I believe uh, many uh, pastors, uh, many uh, uh, parishioners, and many missionaries have seen uh, throughout these ages as well. Man, there's a lot of work out there to do. But we need more help. I know for a fact this is the prayer that has been on Sean and Amy Sullivan's heart and mind for quite some time. Sean and Amy Sullivan, of course, are our missionaries to Ukraine. Uh, we began supporting them whenever they went as independent missionaries to Ukraine uh, in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Ukraine had only been uh, been uh, freed from their um, the tyranny that they were under uh, for a few years, and Sean and Amy uh, struck out there, and they began doing their mission work there. After a few years living in Ukraine, Sean and Amy had to come back to the states because of Amy's health, but they still continued their burden and their heart for the people of Ukraine and for the work in Ukraine. So they pivoted, they shifted their ministry, and, uh, and they began first uh, continuing with World Baptist Fellowship, but then with MANA Worldwide, uh, they, they, they served uh, the country of Ukraine. Um, and, and then after s some years, uh, it was time for them to, uh, to, to, to go from MANA Worldwide and, to, um, and to, con to start Mission 823, and so they began Mission 823 as a as a new endeavor and they did this not early on in their career but late on in their career as missionaries and sean and amy have a healthy team there in ukraine we have a mission director there a national mission director and we have a team of workers they have a network of of partners there in ukraine but on the state side it's sean and amy on this side of things it is sean and amy who are networking they're raising funds they're raising awareness and they are partnering with churches and for some time they've been saying man this work is plenteous and we need more laborers and uh, come to find out that their prayers in part have been answered with uh, this wily uh, young lady from friendswood texas uh, Miss Brittany Austin. And so uh, y'all welcome Miss Brittany as she comes and shares with us. Shares with us how the Lord answered this prayer of theirs.
Hey. There you go. There you go. There you go. Here. This is my good bed, so I like to. All right. Thank you. Good. See, isn't this the better side of me? Yeah. 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 Brittany, I love you. I'm glad that you're here with us this morning. So, Shaw and Aunt Amy have been praying for this for some time. Um, will you share your story about how you came to work with Mission 823? Yes. Um, oh, that's a lot. Okay. Well, so most of y'all know, y'all know me well. Um, I had not worked since I had Asher. So, 10 years out of the workforce and I um, applied for a job with Friends at ISD and got the position as their director of community education, which um, served me well for a year and a half and gave me the confidence that I needed to kind of um, go back into the workplace. Uh, and then around uh, November, I, um, through some situations at work, approached Dawn basically and said, hey, how much will you pay me <laughs> to do your marketing? Um, because it needed a little bit of help. And Sean said, well, how much do you love your current job and how much would it take for you to leave that job and go full time working for the children of Ukraine? And I said, don't play around with me because if you're offering that, I will take that offer. And he said, I am offering it, let's talk. And so we started talking back in November um, just about what it would look like for me to come on board with them. And um, so over the course of November, December, January, we talked and um, worked out uh, details, came up with a official position uh, title. And then in February, I uh, gave my notice at Friendswood and have been doing Mission 823 and Friendswood for two months, which has been very hard for me. Um, I feel like I've just been burning um, the midnight oil on both ends and not doing either position as well as I could. And so I um, had potentially considered staying with Friendswood ISD and working for Mission 823, but that became very apparent very quickly that that would not be able to happen. And so I gave my notice and the Friday before spring break was my last um, day with Friendswood. And so tomorrow is my first official day um, as I guess full time with Mission 823. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, great. So as our marketing and development director. You'll be the marketing and development director. We'll talk about that a little bit in a second about what that entails. But uh, you know, you gave us some of the specific details about how you and Sean, uh, I, I, maybe I should have been a little bit more clear. Share your heart with okay. us about uh, your work there uh, with Mission 823. What draws you to work with them? Um, Y'all know that I love the country of Ukraine. I did not know much about it before we went in 2016. And then whenever we did go, um, it just absolutely changed my um, worldview, honestly. It uh, changed my world. Uh, my, I was never the same after that first time that we went to Ukraine. And uh, um, I just have a huge heart for its people. I have a huge heart for um, what Mission 823 does. And then um, last year when the war broke out, I remember uh, my friend Katerina lives in Friendswood and she is from Ukraine. And we kind of bonded over that. And I remember seeing her at a basketball game last year and asking her, um, hey, how are things in Kiev where your family is? She was like, oh, I think it's really no big deal. Um, I think the, that our media is making it a bigger deal than it is. They're, they're not really scared. 
And it was literally like four days later that um, Russia invaded and did the whole full-scale invasion. And so at that time, um, like Macaulay said a couple weeks ago, if you are friends with me on Facebook, you saw that I just went full-scale obnoxious about <laughs> Ukraine on my Facebook. Um, it's, it's hard for me to remain neutral in the position because not only is it just a horrible thing that's happening to them, but it's my friends that it's happening to. And it's people that I've visited with um, several years now and love and care for. And so um, it's just something that I feel like the call of Jesus as Christians is to advocate for people. And so that was what I just felt like has um, God's been calling me to this year is advocating for the people of Ukraine. And so whenever it became... Um, I never imagined when I approached Sean about like doing his marketing that he would want me to come on as somebody that was actually like partnering with them full time. And so it's just been um, along the way, like I feel like God's just confirmed it over and over again. And so um, it's been really cool to where I was like selling classes for kids in Friendswood. And that's an easy thing to do. Um, now I get to like, use my skills to raise money for the people of Ukraine where my um, passion really is. And so that that's how I, I guess it might, that's my heart. Y'all know me. If you know me, you know, my heart mm -hmm. is for Ukraine. And so it's just really cool that it's like lined up that it's also my work. Yeah. Um, you mentioned some things that have confirmed it. Uh, would you be able to elaborate on any of those or? Um, they're, they're silly things, but, and I'm not like a big believer in signs. Um, but Whenever Macaulay, when I went to Florida to do my training with Sean, um, I kind of jokingly said to Macaulay, as I got out of the car at the airport, I was like, do you think I'm doing the right thing? And he, I honestly don't remember what he answered. I don't even think I heard his answer. I just kind of walked into the airport. And then, which um, is kind of normal. She yeah. usually asks me questions and then doesn't really pay attention to the answer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so <coughs> I walked in, it was early morning and, uh, got in line and uh, was in security. And I looked up and the first person that I saw had on a um, shirt that said the, the Freedom War. And I think that's what it said. And it had a, just a, it was a green shirt, but I was like that, I bet that's a Ukrainian shirt. And so I kind of like, y'all know me, I have no chill a lot. And so <laughs> I was like, it's five o'clock in the morning, like don't talk to this man right away. And so I just kind of hung back and then we went through security and I purposely went and sat next to him to tie my shoes. <laughs> and when I looked up, he had a Ukraine shirt on and I was like, hey, I'm heading to training for a job for Ukraine. And so that was just kind of like a cool moment, just like me wondering, like, am I doing the right thing? You know, is this is a big step and um, seeing that guy right there. And then on my flight home from Florida, there was a family right next to me and I texted Macaulay and I was like, there's an Eastern European family next to me on the flight. And he was like, don't ask them where they're from. Don't. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then I did. And, but I waited until the end of the flight. And, um, at that moment they were like, yeah, we're from Kiev. My mom is actually just here for a couple of weeks. And so we were able to talk as we were leaving the airport and, um, kind of exchange information about mission eight, two, three. And so it was just really like confirming for me that, um, on my way there and on my way back, I got to just tell people about who we are and what we're doing. Yeah. And they both happen to be from Ukraine. And just so y'all know, I told her not to ask because one time we were at the beach 
and um, she had heard um, some people next to us, and they had very distinct Eastern European accents. And she said, "Ooh, they're from you know they're from that region. Let's go, let's go talk to them." And so she went and introduced herself, and she said, "Oh, uh, you know, where are y'all from? We go to Ukraine um, on mission trips." And the father in the group said, "We are from Russia." and turned away and walked straight into the water. And so it was like, hey, let's just maybe find out where they're from uh, first, you know, uh, before we uh, offer all those things. So, um, and, and I love how Brittany says, you know, I don't have any chills, so I waited. And it was like literally like five minutes later that you waited, so you're no, real patient. I waited until the end of the flight. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, I love those stories, really, to be honest with you. Whenever Brittany got out of the... Um, got out of the car that morning and she said that she said am i doing the right thing you know is this the right thing and then she she it wasn't like a, a long processing time that she wrote back and said hey i think this is like a confirming sign it was after she got through security she said guess what i've already met somebody from ukraine and i don't know why but that just feels like some confirmation to me and uh, and I and I agree with that, and and I wanted to point that out even too because sometimes we are we're looking for God to kind of open up doors and where He's pointing us in the right direction, and 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 one thing that I think about with that passage of scripture, um, not only Sean and Amy's prayers answered, but but that passage of scripture that we read earlier, it says Jesus looked up and he saw and he had compassion on these people, and and he wanted to do something about it, and Jesus goes kind of like. I, we're not enough to meet all this need, so we need to be praying for more people. But a question that I asked a few weeks ago was, what is it that you cannot look away from? You know, and whenever I think about your story, Brittany, like Ukraine has your heart, and it just became very apparent that it, you couldn't look away. And, and, and you couldn't look away before. I can, I can guarantee this. This isn't just like because the war is happening, now she has become an advocate. She was always an advocate before. The war just heightened it as it were but uh, uh, to me it's it's a natural fit because for a long time you've not been able to look away from the country of ukraine and from the plight of the people over there and so um so i celebrate the fact that the lord has you in this position so tell us a little bit your official title is director of marketing and development which sounds really awesome. I mean, I'm very fancy. Very fancy. I've I've been married to a director now twice of two two different things. She was the director of community education and now the director of marketing and development. So what does that uh, entail that you are the director of marketing and development for Mission Eight Two Three? Um, well, the first thing was cleaning up the social media. Um, <laughs> I love Sean, and he knows this. He says I'm old. I don't know how it worked very well. So um, that was kind of my. Uh, primary role, which that was a joke, and y'all didn't really like it. So, um, no, uh, my, the best way that I can um, describe it is that I'm going to be like a mini Sean in Friendswood. Um, I'm going to basically uh, be representing Mission 823. I'm going to be uh, going to churches and um, not the old school like missionary way where you go and ask for support um, before you can do a job, but like I'm gonna be going and like how our church partners with Mission 823, I'm hoping that I can go and ask other churches, hey, uh, would you like to partner with us and see what we're doing? Let me tell you about what we're doing. I'm joining some uh, rotary clubs. I'm now 
a going to be a Friendswood Rotarian, hopefully, which feels really um, cool and fancy and <laughs> nerdy a little bit. Sorry, Brother Ron. Uh, uh, I'm going to be meeting with business leaders, um, uh, politicians. I've already had a couple of phone calls with politicians, which is something I never really expected to be doing. Um, basically, I'm going to be meeting with anyone and everyone who will pledge to um, partner with us and support Ukraine. And then um, traveling to Ukraine, eventually, uh, we are doing um, some camps this summer for children who have severe PTSD. From Macaulay has a picture he's going to show um, in a minute, but there we have received funding for um, five summer camps to give to these children. And so I'm going to be traveling over there to kind of work with them and work with our team there. And then I'll be doing things like grant writing and then um, a lot of learning curves for me. And then the social media, which is just our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, things like that. Just trying to gain a following there because we know that that will um, also just whatever awareness can happen, we want to happen. We're also looking for um, ambassadors to kind of spread awareness to their networks, whatever those might be. We're looking for people that will just uh, volunteer to say, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll get together and maybe host a dinner and talk to people about what's going on in Ukraine and how we can help, yeah. things like that. That sounds great. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, you're kind of like a mini Sean. And let's think about all those things that she just listed and just think for the last um, really 20 years uh, on, on the American side of things, Sean and Amy have been doing all those things themselves and so now you get to come alongside you get to add a voice to that um, and then also uh, what I, I know part of this is not only do you want other people but you're kind of creating a, a situation to where you can actually make this a replicable model yeah, for so other like people our goal is that um, we can like ultimately whereas we are a very small three-person team here in the country right now we want to become a larger nonprofit and that's not to you know uh, make money for our operations costs where Sean's pockets are getting padded, but so that we can do more in Ukraine. And so we would like to hire um, people like me in Florida. I mean, not in Florida, they're in Florida, in California, in Colorado, Oklahoma. Uh, that's the ultimate goal too, is for me to kind of create a program where we're bringing in people, hiring and training them under me to be able to do the same thing across the country. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so the, the necessity for somebody like you and then others like you is, is large. And like you said, and I do want to mention this, you know, um, she said it's not to, you know, pad Sean and Amy's pockets. In fact, y'all should understand this, like the, the level of um, integrity that Sean and Amy have and that, that Brittany brings to uh, Mission 823 is this, is, you know, th they've looked at it and they, they understand that every year, you know, more money comes in and, and for operational costs and things of that nature and for specific mission needs. But they've actually said, hey, this is what we need to live on. And that's where we're going to cap our salary that comes is where what we need to live on. And and they stay within that. So it's not like it's not like a, a, a regular business where you think about like, you know, profit sharing and things of that nature. Anything that they bring in is 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 not only to help the operational cost for the team here in America and for the team over there, but it's really to build the funding so that we could do the projects that we're trying to do. And one of those projects that you mentioned was like hosting camps for uh, children with PTSD. Hey brother Will, there's a Time Magazine um, picture there. We bring that up. Uh, that might be a little hard for y'all to see. 
but this was on Time Magazine. It says, captive for 25 nights, life and death in a Ukrainian village under siege. Why would you want us to bring this particular picture up this morning? So um, there is a village in Ukraine where, if you haven't read this article, you should read this article. It's heartbreaking, it's harrowing, but it's also, um, the cool part about it is that we've been able to serve these people. Um, so this village is a um, small village. All, so Ukraine is made up of a bunch of small villages. If you've been, you know. Um, so imagine where we've gone to camp, Ivano, over in Pajajiki. This is a village like Pajajiki. They came in, they um, occupied the city, and they forced everybody out of their homes, and then they forced them all Who's into they? the Russian soldiers okay. did. Um, and they were young Russian soldiers, and so they, they were not really sure what was going on. Um, they came, they took all of these people, I think it was something like 300 people, and they put them underneath a um, school. And in the school, they're all in this basement, and they stayed there for 25 nights, and they would bring them um, wheelbarrows full of moldy bread to eat. Uh, and so they, after 25 days, the Russian soldiers just up and left. And so there was really no um, military purpose, I guess you would say, for them to be there. There was no, uh, this wasn't like a major port city. This wasn't anything that they could, um, for what their initiative is, advance. They just came in and terrorized this, um, this village. They lost somewhat, um, I think, 10 people in the first 10 days that they were there. They were marking days on the wall. Like um, they said, you know, think of like a Holocaust camp. And um, they weren't able to go outside to go to the bathroom. They were, I think, eventually able to go outside and um, start fires, but uh, then had to go right back in. And then whenever they did leave, um, these people broke out of their basement and went to their homes and found that their homes had just been completely pillaged and destroyed. Um, they had broken out windows, busted out doors, just taken appliances, um, things that just didn't even make sense. And so um, what actually ended up happening was they found comfort going back into the basement because they at least knew, um, had kind of come up with a life down there and they weren't um, comforted in their homes. They had like no power, no heat, no, did I say that right? Power, heat, water. Um, and so we've had the opportunity to bring these kids who were under the, um, school for 25 days and we've taken them to our camp out in Camp Willow Park which a lot of y'all have been to and um, we brought in a PTSD specialist his name is Patrick Guanari and we were able to um, do some PTSD peer-to-peer -peer training so that people can recognize the signs of it recognize ways to begin to treat it but then also we were able to just give the kids a time of rest and reprieve um, we were able to take them to a like little resort town that had um, like some hot tubs and things like that. So they were able to just kind of enjoy life a little bit. And they are the kids that we're gonna focus on for the next um, five camps, the PTSD camps is people just like this, um, specifically these kids again, but then also people who have been in the same type of situation. Yeah, so that's some of the work that Mission 823 has been doing um, over the last year and uh, very powerful work that they're doing, very important work that they're doing. Um, you said you're gonna be able to go and um, lead one of these camps, is that right? Or help host one of these camps? Yes. Yeah, how do you feel about that? I feel ready. Um, I don't know that my mom or your mom feels <laughs> ready for me to do that. Um, I think it'll be good. I think um, it's safe 
over at Campbell Park, and that's where my heart wants to be. Um, I I know that there's going to be challenges to this job. Um, I When I think about the challenges to this job, it's not thinking about going to Ukraine and being with the people of Ukraine. Um, I know the challenges are going to be here in America because, unfortunately, this has become such a polarizing subject. Um, you know, I've had friends, very good friends of mine, look at me and tell me I'm not going to give any money to Ukraine because America's given enough money to Ukraine. Well, the money that America's giving to Ukraine is not going to the people that Mission 823 is serving. What we're doing is um, shipping humanitarian aid and then delivering humanitarian aid. And I, I understand that I have a, a hard road ahead of me in terms of that. I understand that I'm going to be sitting down with people that aren't going to want to hear um, about what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, and I'm embracing my, I mean, I'm embracing myself for that too. Like I kind of know I'm going into a low season because I'm going to try to, like I said before with mission eight, I mean, with community ed, I'm selling childcare and parents are like, yeah, I'll take all the extra childcare <laughs> I can get. Um, now, not only am I like in a sense selling myself in the fact of like, Hey, partner with me and what I believe in, um, but I am, I'm selling, uh, I mean, I'm not selling, I'm, I'm trying to get people who live in America who, um, have all of their basic needs met, um, who live in a very, very, um, divided country where we are criticized for giving money to Ukraine or who don't even believe that this war is real. Um, I'm trying to get people to give money to that. And I know that's going to be hard. And I, um, know that I'm going to have friends and family who, who don't believe that it's necessary. And so, um, yeah, so when I think about the hard parts of this job, that's what I know is gonna be hard. Like going to Ukraine and being with the people that I get to talk to every day and um, loving on those kids and giving them, um, you know, just basic human dignity, that's not gonna be hard. Um, I remember being like so scared when you were going and um, how awful of a time that was for me and praise God for anxiety medicine because <laughs> I, I don't feel that way about me going. I just feel ready to go. Um, I think you mentioned an important thing that we can be praying about is that, you know, um, there is this huge harvest there. And when we say pray for the Lord of the harvest to send laborers, this is kind of what you're doing. You're asking for people to come in and to partner with Mission 823 and partner for this nation that has become such a politically polarizing issue. Um, and so we need to be in prayer for her with that. We need to be in prayer for uh, you as you even you've mentioned it, you know, Brittany. She said she has anxiety medicine. The, this is going to be a, a challenging season for her. And so we need to be praying for her that the Lord will equip her and pro provide her all the emotional and spiritual support that she needs um, as, she, as she walks through this time. And then really the thing is, is all those challenges that we can see, we know that the Lord is the one who can knock down those walls, that he can soften hearts and he can open up eyes and, um, and, and what I would encourage you is that you don't have to be the one to convince people, right? Is that we pray that the spirit goes before her and that the spirit goes ahead and breaks down those barriers and breaks up that fallow ground that, that uh, you know, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, all those, they've made hard ground, but the spirit can break up that fallow ground there. Um, all right. Um, I know there's a couple of needs that y'all have for Mission 823 right now that you 
just also want us to be praying about and considering how we can support Mission 823 that way. So can you tell us about those couple needs before we sure. end our time here? Um, so our biggest financial needs right now are um, there's a um, there's a paraplegic boy named Max that Macaulay was able to meet um, whenever he went to Ukraine. And he's an artist. He paints with his mouth, which is pretty amazing to see. Um, he sketches out and then just paints really amazing works of art. But he is wheelchair bound. And because of the war, his um, family has lost all of their means of income. And so 2,000 American dollars will support their family for an entire year. And so that's one of um, our main fundraising efforts right now. We've raised like $800 of that on Facebook. So we need about another $1,200. Um, to bring in to support Max and his family. And then the other thing is that our main, um, what we're doing right now, where before the war we were doing our um, social orphans, human trafficking, things like that, um, right now we're obviously just focusing on delivering any type of humanitarian aid to people that are on the front lines. And we have a team of five guys in Ukraine who are regularly making deliveries to the front lines. And what they're driving is a big box truck right now. And um, it's white and it's huge and it carries the supplies well, but it also is very easily spotable. And so what happens is that right now the ground is falling in Ukraine, it's muddy and the truck gets stuck and then Russian drones can see the truck. And so they've been targeted a few times because their truck is just stuck and they know that it has humanitarian aid in it. And um, unfortunately, this isn't just a military effort for them. They are constantly targeting civilians and they don't want the civilians to get that aid. And so the guys have been susceptible to that. And so we're trying to raise um, $60,000 for trucks that are camouflaged um, that can kind of move around. They're four wheel drive. They can get through the mud easier. And those are $30,000 a piece. We can get them in Europe and transport over to our camp and get them to the guys. So those are the two um, uh, main financial needs right now. And then we're in huge need of medical supply kits. Um, I know those are hard to come by as civilians. So um, any connections you might have to medical warehouse distributors, um, that would be great. Um, and then also just, I need um, networking connections. My days are gonna be filled with um, meetings. And so if y'all know people that are interested in helping in Ukraine, if they are business leaders, if they're church leaders, um, anyone that you know that just might want to partner with us. It's like me going to Rotary and meeting with all of those people. Um, if you have that, please send it my way. Um, it's my, that's my job now is just having meetings. And so um, I'm open to any and all connections that way as well. Awesome. Those are good ways that we can help you. Yeah. And then you can also, I mean, our church supports Mission 823, obviously. Um, but you personally can support Mission 823. You can set up recurring donations for them. You can give towards the like special gifts. You can designate stuff to Macaulay or when you write your checks to the church, designate stuff to Mission 823. But all of that um, for you might not have the connections or um, means to go there, volunteer. We're looking for volunteers to go and help with those PTSD camps. But any financial support obviously is always welcome and needed. Yeah. Um, and just a note about that. For one, you don't write checks to Macaulay Austin. Uh, let's be clear about that. You write them for Friends of Baptist Church. But um, from our mission budget, we, we do support uh, Mission 823 
and um, but we do have people in our church who give above what we support through our mission budget, and so they um, regularly on their tithe check, they will you know say, hey, this much to our missions budget, and then this much to Mission Eight Two Three in specific, and maybe even to a specific project of Mission Eight Two Three. And whenever you do that, we honor that and we give that money to Mission Eight Two Three as it needs to. And then, like she said, and if you want to just give directly to Mission Eight Two Three, you can always do that at www.mission823.com slash donate. Yeah. Um, also, I was just going to say, if y'all could pray specifically for me, um, I'm worried about being jaded. Um, <laughs> when you're looking at horrible things all the time, it is easy to kind of become numb to that. And while I recognize that when you're grieving something, um, the grief is so painful and so unbearable that sometimes there are seasons where it is nice to feel numb. Um, I recognize that I've been there even just recently, but, um, I don't want to, I don't want to become someone who has a negative worldview because of this. I want to see the hope for Ukraine rather than the hopelessness. Um, I don't want to go into a new job, just, um, being, yeah, jaded is the word that comes to mind. It's a big fear of mine. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for my family. And so, um, that's one thing that y'all can, uh, me being vulnerable, like, I'm going to need encouragement for that. I don't want to become someone who's just, um, well, woe is me, the world is horrible, and everything in Ukraine sucks. I want to have hope and um, a vision for the future. That's really great. And uh, I read this this morning, um, I think, a necessary prayer. And what I would ask you all to do is just mark down this verse here. But in Colossians chapter number 1, Paul says to the church, he says, I'm praying for you. And then he explicates the prayer that he's praying for them. He says, you know, I, I pray that you will be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And then he says, I pray that you will walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, that you'll be fruitful in every good work, that you'll increase in the knowledge of God. But verse number 11 is the verse that has stuck out to me today. And I've prayed it multiple times. Uh, I prayed it this morning before church. I prayed it during our service. But, but I think it's one that uh, when you just say like what you said, you don't want to grow jaded. You don't want to grow numb. This is the verse that comes to mind. He says, I pray that you will be strengthened with all might according to God's glorious power, which Paul then con continues to say, hey, what does this might look like? He says, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. And that's how I think about what you just said, is that you are entering a season where you are going to have to see a whole bunch of hard things. And some of that we know we can just grow kind of accustomed to. Some of it we can grow numb to. But this says, hey, I want to be able to endure all this adversity all the hard things that all the hard realities that we're facing with a sense of joyfulness mm -hmm. that's not something that you and i can get from ourselves is it yeah. right that's something that the spirit of god can give us and so i would encourage you all if we think about this we can mark down colossians chapter number one verse number 11 and this could be a specific prayer that we can pray for miss Brittany. um Brittany, i love you mm -hmm. i'm so thankful for you one of the things that i think about right now is Rick Austin, my dad, always wanted there to be a missionary out of our church, right? He always wanted that. He prayed for that. Um, he never really got to see that come to fruition in, during his ministry. And I don't think he would have ever imagined it this way because he kind of had a, you know, he had a, a thought process and a track about what missions was at that time. 
But this opens up a new possibility. And really what I want you to see is that you are a missionary sent out of Friendswood Baptist Church. Do we agree with that, church family? And we stand with you uh, and we support you. Do we agree with that, church family? Amen. Thank you. Hey, wait. Um, Two more things. No. Yes. Um, If you haven't liked Mission 823 on Facebook and follow on Instagram, you'll see daily updates, um, at least weekly updates, of the things that we're doing. Um, And then can we play that video that shows, like, what Mission 823 has done this year? We will play that at the end of service. Okay, cool. All right. Because right now I wanted to have a word of prayer with you. Okay. All right, and pray over you. Will y'all join me in praying for Miss Brittany this morning? Lord, I love you, and I thank you for who you are. Um, God, I thank you for the fact that you place burdens on our hearts. Lord, it's hard when you place a burden on our heart, actually. Because, Lord, sometimes it can seem like Jesus saw there. We have compassion, but the work seems so insurmountable that we are not enough. And this is a a burden that we have for Ukraine, Lord. Even we who have this burden as a church, we know we ourselves are not enough. Sean and Amy are not enough. Our team on the ground is not enough. And so, first of all, Lord, what we want to say is we recognize that we are not alone in this. We have you and we have other ministers with us and we thank you for that. We thank you for the other laborers, Lord, even those who don't go by the name of Mission 823 or have Baptists in their credentials, Lord. We thank you for all those who love your son, Jesus, who are motivated to work in the country of Ukraine for the sake of these people who already have been oppressed but are now under such terror. And Lord, we thank you that you've called us to have a vision and eyes with compassion towards Ukraine. We can't look away, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for Brittany and for the work that she's doing and that you've called her to. We thank you for this burden that you placed on her. Lord, what we know about Brittany is that she is vocal and she's unabashed. And Lord, these things will serve her well. Lord, what we know about Brittany is that she is bold, that she will, she, she will not have a problem giving an ask. She will not have a problem making a meeting. She will not have a problem being organized and scheduled, Lord. She is equipped for this with the skills and the talents and the gifts that you've provided her, Lord, that you've trained her with, even from a child, Lord. And God, those things which you supernaturally gift her with. Lord, what we know about Brittany is that her heart is for the people of Ukraine and that her passion And her heart for them and for your son Jesus will lead her. Lord, what we know is that there is adversity in the way. And that's because we have an old enemy who is not fighting against Brittany herself, but he's fighting against you and against your goodness in this world, Lord. This old adversary always wants to accuse and condemn and place obstacle and boundary and burden against us, Lord. But Lord, we know from you that there is, that the gates of hell do not prevail against your church and against the movement of your church. 
in every good endeavor that we, we strive for. So, Lord, I pray and I ask that you would be with Brittany, that she would be equipped with that um, encouragement, Lord, that you, that, that this enemy will not prevail. Lord, we pray and we um, know this. We know that, uh, that we know that there is a uh, natural way in which we get jaded towards things and then there is a protective way in which we try to numb ourselves away from hard things. And so, Lord, we pray and we ask that you would strengthen Brittany with your might. That you would give her, that you would give her the uh, long suffering and the patience with joy that she needs to continue serving and working with Mission Eight Two Three and for the people of Ukraine. Lord, I pray that you would be with us as a church. That we would stand with her. That we would stand behind her that we would support her in every way that we know how. Lord, Lord, that we would prayerfully support her. Lord, I pray that we would help her with our networking, that we would, we would, even as it's already happened, and we thank you for that, but we'd give her opportunities and help her make contacts with people, Lord. And then, Lord, I pray and I ask that you would just be with us, that we would be the emotional, spiritual support that we could be for her. Lord, I pray that whenever she comes into this place, that she can find a haven where she can worship you and she can be vulnerable before you and that she can come into this congregation and be equipped to continue doing the work that she needs to do each and every day. God, I pray this not only for my wife, although I do specifically pray for her today, but Lord, I pray for all of us here that this church will be a haven where we can be equipped so that we can go out of this place and do the work that you called us to. Lord, we pray and we just lift up Brittany to you. We lift up the work of Mission 823. We lift up Sean and Amy. We lift up our partners on the ground there in Ukraine. We lift up the people of Ukraine. We pray for an end to this bloody, costly, devastating, terrorizing, traumatizing war. And until that time, Lord, might your people stand up and be the light in this darkness. I pray these things in Christ's mighty, resurrected name. Amen. Church family, can y'all give Brittany your love once again? So this missions month, month that we had last month, this missions month that we can continue with today, that we refocus our efforts on today, it's, uh, it's challenged us in different ways, and I want us to be continue to be sensitive to those challenges. What I want to say is today what we're going to do is we're going to close our service. We're going to go have a time of fellowship around the table, and anybody who's here, you're invited to stay with us and to eat a meal with us. Uh, we have a lot of meat, and we might have a few sides, but we have some food um, back there. It might be a carnivore diet, and that's all right, but... Uh, uh, but we want y'all to stay with us. But here's what we're going to do as a church is there's several things that we've talked about uh, over the last um, throughout the month of February and even today. And so what we're going to do is next week when we come back, what we're going to have is just kind of a time of a working session for us as a church so that we can talk about practically how we want to involve ourselves with some of the um, initiatives and objectives that we've 
we've set forth. So I want you all to be in prayerful um, preparation for that for next week. But I, I don't want us to walk away from this mission conference just thinking that now it rests on you, yourself, that you have to figure this out. But, but we're together in this and we're going to figure out how we're going to move forward as a church from this place. So that's what we'll do next week. Today, what I would invite us to do is just to bow before the Lord again and just to um, be still before him and uh, hear his voice one more time before we dismiss. Um, what I'm going to ask you to do is if you have your, um, your faith promise mission commitment card ready, uh, what we'll do is I'm, uh, I'm just going to say as we go, there's the, the boxes on the back wall that, uh, that you can place those in. And what we'll do is next week we'll We'll go ahead and we'll tally those up and we'll let everybody know where we're at with that. Um, but, um, but right now, let's just bow before the Lord um, and just talk to him about maybe what he's talking to you about. If he has a burden on your heart, something that you've been, uh, you've been spoken about this morning, maybe, maybe you just want to be in prayer for Ms. Brittany or in prayer for another situation that we've brought up in Mission Conference uh, this month. I just want to give you all a time uh, to bow before the Lord and to pray. And then I'm going to pray and I'm going to dismiss us. And uh, as I pray this morning, uh, I'm also going to be praying for uh, Brother Terry and Miss Velma Bird as they go. And so um, let's do this. Let's go to the Lord in an attitude of prayer right now.